I'm Jim Frawley, and this is Bellwether. Welcome to Bellwether. Thank you for being here this week. Every week I thank you because every week I appreciate you and I appreciate you listening to this lovely little podcast show thing that that I like to do. So there. Today's topic, healthy communication styles in the workplace. We'll get right to it. Uh, You could take this just like all the other podcasts. I speak in metaphors. It doesn't have to be at the workplace. It could be at home. It could be in your community. You could use this forever. But healthy communication... When we take a look at the stressful world that we live in, healthy communication is a difficult thing to come by. And how we effectively communicate, I know I've talked a little bit on the show about how to communicate to the C-suite and how to communicate in different types of contexts. Healthy communication styles this week is going to follow the pattern of what we had been doing over the past few weeks on the show, which is really revolving around the world of insecurity. So we did insecurity two weeks ago. Um, Last week I did imposter syndrome. This week, healthy communication styles. Next week is something along insecurity too. Aiming too too low, not aiming high enough for for all the great things that you want to accomplish. I think that's what I'm doing next week. So there's lots, lots to unbox in the world of insecurity. And that's what I'm going to talk about insecurity and how it affects your communication. Because uh, in the context of imposter syndrome, which to remind you is that feeling that you're a fraud or you don't quite fit in or you're not really worthy to be at the table. In the context of insecurity, you know, am, am I good enough? Am I am I uh, set to the way that I'm supposed to be going? All of that will impact our ability to communicate. And I want you to think about this in the context of next week's, because I know you're going to tune in next week, of aiming too high or too low and and how to use communication to affect the, the real talent and levels that you want to get. So um, when we talk about communication, we talk about inter communication at the workplace, what we're really talking about beyond just the words that we use and and communicating the words that we want to use is that we're really talking about interpersonal dynamics. And when we think about interpersonal dynamics, everybody has an opinion on the way it's supposed to go. Okay. So when someone tells you the way that you're supposed to communicate, we get a lot of tactics that can be helpful, right? When I think back to communicating to the C-suite, we talked about how are you elevating your communication to a high enough strategic level so that we can communicate at that individual's level, whoever your your CEO is or or CMO, and you go to her, you go to him and you say, this is what I want to present. That's tactically to present in the best possible way so that they could pick up what you're putting down. That's great. But when we focus on tactics, Without necessarily understanding how they align and how they work, uh, interpersonal dynamics can get a little screwy. And so when I think about interpersonal dynamics uh, at the workplace, I also did an episode on how to give feedback. And, you know, many times we get this kind of structure of... Uh, you know, based on research, you give the the positive feedback, then your negative feedback, and then positive feedback. We sandwich them in and uh, do that, and you'll be able to give all the feedback in the world. And it just doesn't work. And we know it doesn't work. And when we think about healthy communication styles, there is a, an authenticity, a genuineness that needs to happen. 
And what I mean by that is many people don't know or are unaware of, I guess, uh, are not comfortable with having difficult conversations. And the only way that we can have a difficult conversation is if we're secure in our knowledge that we are able to do this effectively. Now, this isn't about, oh, I'm going to give this to you for the benefit of you. And, you know, I'm the teacher and I'm coming to give you this negative feedback because I could see it from a mile away and I'm right, you're wrong and you need to change this. This isn't the way that we communicate. And when we're comfortable in providing the feedback that we want to give and we're comfortable asking the right questions and we're recognized that whomever we're speaking with has a different perspective that's equally as valid, all of a sudden you are co-creating a challenge that you can fix, a solution to that challenge. And so, you know, new research now says in the workplace when we're communicating, we have to give... <laughs> We have to give five positive comments for every one negative. And then they say the millennials need 10 to one positive comments to one negative. And, and it's just, it's, it's, it's misaligned. It's missing the point. Um, and generally it's doing more damage than good. And, and we hide behind research. And just because something was done in a bubble and it works in a bubble, it doesn't make it correct. And what we have to focus on when we're trying to communicate is not just following this pattern of saying, we're going to do the sandwich thing for your, for your annual feedback, or uh, I'm going to tell you that you're doing something well or not, but you know what, I'm going to give my 10 positives first before I give you that negative, and maybe I'll sandwich that in, in between the five. And uh, that being said on all of those things, the foundation of what we talk about from healthy communication comes from a place of security comes from a place, it's the foundation of psychological safety, which we hear about the buzz everywhere, psychological safety. And it's true. Creating a culture, I hate the term, but it's a valid term and it's a valid idea of creating that workplace where everybody feels valued and wants to provide the feedback and are capable of giving, allowed to give the feedback. They get the license to give the feedback that they want. It's the foundation of effective communication, security with yourself. How are you going to effectively communicate what you need to communicate without being secure in the way that you're communicating with these people? Okay, when we haven't figured ourselves out, how are we expected to communicate what we really want or what we're really trying to communicate? And that's what I want to talk about today. Uh, many people, we have plenty of excuses why we can't communicate well. Everybody's got one, whether it's, you know, I took this psychological assessment and it told me I'm a dominant. And so that's just the way that I am. Or, um, you know, when I'm an introvert, right? I took my Myers-Briggs, it tells me I'm introverted. So I'm not really good at, at dealing with other people. And um, that's not what that means. It's not actually what it means. We hide behind, we find these excuses to avoid any type of work that we have to do with ourselves in order to communicate well with other people. Being a dominant or being an introvert or being an extrovert or whatever, um, they're not valid anymore. And with things changing as quickly as we can, you know, we've talked a lot about the big reshuffling that's going on with the Great Resignation and how old, stale corporate workplaces are going to be left behind until we figure out this other thing. People are leaving the old corporate juggernauts for newer places that give them what they actually need from work. And it's not flexibility working from home. They want to find a place where they feel like they belong. And that comes from healthy, effective communication and recognizing value in those people that are, that are coming to your organization. Uh, so falling back on these excuses of I'm a dominant, I'm, I'm this, I'm that. Uh, I'm sorry, I just can't communicate that way. And that's take me as, as, take me as I leave it. Um, it shows negative leadership. It's lack of seeing a bigger picture. And those people who are stuck in that rut, this is the way I do things. So you have to fit around me 
are going to be left behind. Now, when you get into coaching executives, like I've coached executives for a very long time, um, we have patterns and we communicate in ways that have been the same forever, right? I mean, when you're dealing with an executive who's been working in a place for 20 years, 25 years, 30 years, they're in their 40s, they're in their 50s. They learned their communication from somebody before them. They've learned the patterns of what worked in the past. And these are ingrained in the way that they communicate, right? They might be abrupt. They might send one word texts. They might, or emails or whatever. And uh, when we get under pressure, like we're dealing with right now, we default back to those things that we've learned, those habits we've created over time. And so being aware of the way that we communicate is, it's a, it's a difficult project to take on. I'll put it that way. It's a difficult project to take on. Falling back on the strengths, weaknesses of the way that we communicate, there are good ways and bad ways that we can do that. And we all do it in very negative ways when we're under stress. Everybody deals with it. I'm not saying that anybody is a good communicator when they're completely stressed. Now, we may drive people to do things, but when we fall back on on our negative behaviors, which we all have when we get stressed, we need to be aware of how to bring ourselves back and have this managerial discipline, uh, self-monitoring, developing uh, an ability to respond with knowledge versus just reacting to something. It's that logical, appropriate response versus our initial emotional reaction that will get us to drive the culture and drive the people and drive everything that we need to do within our organization to get it to the next level. And anybody, and I I was going to say anybody in management or a leadership position, but I would say anybody in the organization, anybody looking to sustain a high level of work performance, whether that's resilience, whether that's um, executing on major plans, whether that's you know whatever it is, especially in a, in a massively changing environment, effective communication, having a knowledge and awareness of what healthy communication looks like and what dysfunctional communication looks like, both, um, that feeds into just the core value of respect. Healthy communication means respect. And that's what people are looking for in this great resignation, right? It's not like everybody's just quitting jobs and sitting on their asses. They're quitting jobs and joining places that actually respect them. That's the big shuffle that's going on. And large bureaucratic corporate organizations are having a very difficult time catching up because the way that we've treated employees for decades has not necessarily been from an angle of respect. And... So everybody that, when we think about work, when uh, we think about our coworkers, when we think about progress, when we think about what we're looking to, to accomplish, everybody has this framework that we're operating in with, within which we have to communicate. Um, creating the proper boundaries of that framework defining when we say we want a psychologically safe culture, we want to drive a culture of success, we want to drive a culture of learning, we want to drive this, that, and the other thing. We have to create those boundaries and framework in order to do that. And then we have to eliminate deviations from that framework. So as you think about your, I mean, and I keep talking about the big organization, if you're running a small group in a large organization, you have to build your framework. 
within the context of that larger organization. And then any deviation from that, you have to cut it in order to make sure that you're properly respecting your individuals and aligning expectations and all of that. The value of respect, this encompasses diversity and inclusion. This encompasses psychological safety. This encompasses uh, whatever metrics and feedback and uh, individual development and and, uh, driving culture, people culture, chief people officer level stuff, it ultimately comes down to respecting an individual who's sitting across the table from you, regardless of where they are in the organization. And in order to properly respect someone, we have to raise our expectations of them. We have to uh, anticipate what they're going to do and allow them the freedom and, and agency to execute on what they're supposed to execute on. And we have to communicate in the best possible way to help them do that. And that's what healthy communication in the workplace is all about. We know that when we get stressed, I think I've used this example on, on, on the show before. You know, if you think about a meeting in corporate, uh, the easiest way to feel superior to an idea is to put it down. And we've all sat in that meeting where somebody comes up with an idea and they ask you for your feedback. And that one person just says, it's not going to work because it's the first thing out of their mouth. Always. It's not going to work because it's never about, you know, could this actually happen or could this actually work? And when somebody instantly puts an idea down, I've come to realize that it's generally driven by their own insecurity. Because what they're trying to do, they've been put on the spot, they want to be seen as superior to an idea, and they think that by putting an idea down shows them as being more secure and on top of everything else. Uh, But when we're putting things down before, you know, based on our own insecurities, our own imposter syndrome, we're actually challenging the, the, and, and, putting out any fire of innovation or any fire of, uh, you know, how we can elevate and move the organization forward and everything else. So accepting responsibility is a sign of, of a secure individual. Uh, appreciating other people is a sign of a secure individual. And giving agency and validity to other people's ideas is a sign of a secure individual. Now, look, there are plenty of like really shitty ideas that come out in corporate. Don't don't get me wrong. I get it. Like we don't have time to just, you know, crazy Mike or, or, or psycho Alice or whoever comes up with like this crazy idea of whatever. Uh, we've all got those too, but that doesn't mean that, that most people in your organization don't have actually really good ideas. And, and we're hiring people quickly. There's turnover and we're bringing people in, whether it's short term or long term, but we're bringing them in because they bring value. We have to give them the agency to, to, to bring that value. Okay, everybody that you're paying fifty thousand, a hundred thousand, two hundred fifty thousand, five hundred thousand dollars, whoever it is, has to be bringing that type of value. And if they're not bringing that value, we have to communicate that to them so that they're able to do it. And so that's my little spiel. I, I rambled. Sorry, I got a three week old at home, so I'm not getting much sleep. So if I rambled, I apologize. But healthy, <laughs> healthy communication styles at the workplace ultimately comes down to you. And your stale organization or your stale group, that's not, if you've got an outflow of people, you've got a respect problem. If you have an outflow of people, you've got a communication problem. And if you have an outflow of people, you have a culture problem. And the three of them are all wound up together. So I I would challenge all of you to think about how are you actually communicating with other people? What's a healthy communication style for you? And we have to reflect on this and pick a conversation that you had that didn't go well. And why not? And when you think about a conversation that didn't go well, I want you to think about how you felt in that moment. Because when the conversation doesn't go well, 
there's generally an insecurity problem on your side. That's just a fact. Um, yeah, it's just a fact. So that's good. I was just thinking about some of my own. Like, was I really insecure? Yeah, yeah. You know, oftentimes when I'm most secure in my conversations, I say very little. And that's great. And that's, you know, it's a good way to be. I'm not saying don't speak, but you know what I mean. Anyway, healthy communication styles and get secure. And think about what insecurity is driving your difficult conversations because that's what you have to address. Nobody can address your insecurity for you. So two weeks ago was insecurity. Listen to that. Apply it to this. Last week was imposter syndrome. Listen to that. Apply it to this. Next week, I think, is aiming higher and challenging yourself to do more. The way to get to the next level, not to preview everything from next week, is to have healthy communication with other people to help them push you to where you want to go. So that's that. Be healthy. Be communicative. Have a wonderful week. And I'm going to go get some sleep. So thanks. Thank you so much for listening. Now, do something for yourself. Bellwether is much more than just a podcast. Join us at bellwetherhub.com, where you can read riveting articles, view upcoming events, and connect with other interesting people. I look forward to seeing you out there soon.